Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me here on the Fridays with Francis podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to be with me. Just a reminder, these podcasts are the audio versions of the video live streams that I do every week on Fridays at 8.15 Eastern on my Facebook page, Monk Musings, or my Instagram profile, Francis OSB. If you'd like, head on over to those platforms and you can see the video live stream either while I'm doing it or it also gets saved so you can watch it anytime you'd like. In the meantime, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and thanks for joining me. Here's the latest episode of Fridays with Francis. Hi, Instagram. I'm getting Facebook going here, and we'll start probably in like a minute or two. And we are now live on Facebook. I always like it when that works. Just make sure that it's actually working, because sometimes it doesn't. There we are. Okay, good. Hi, Johnny. Okay. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Maura. It's been two weeks because we were off last week. So we'll get going in just a few seconds here, give people time to come on and be with us. Hello, Anne-Marie. Hello, Anne-Marie. Hello, John and Janet. Okay, let's begin as we begin all things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome in this place. Send forth your Spirit upon us. Be in our hearts and open our minds and our hearts and our lips that we may hear you, we may understand you, and we may preach your message to all whom we meet so that they may know the love that you have for each one, each person that you have created. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Fridays with Francis. I am, as always, so very grateful that you are here with me this evening, this Friday evening, August 21st, 2020. Before we get into our main topic tonight, I want to tell you a story, a brief story, and I want to tell you this because it literally just happened to me about 15 minutes ago. Uh, if you don't know, here at St. Anselm College, we started classes in person on campus this week, and we have made it to another week. Uh, if there are any St. Anselm students or faculty or staff members watching, congrats. We made it to the end of week one. It was a short week, but it was a long week, if you know what I mean. And um, we... The, uh, the folks in the student services division have been just doing a bang-up job uh, trying to come up with activities and things that these students can do to keep themselves occupied, but also to keep themselves safe and socially distant and blah, blah, blah. 
you know, I have my mask with me here, you know, and so I uh, took a walk outside before I came into the church today uh, to film this, and I walked into the church and the campus ministry office was holding a period of adoration, which is now going on directly above me, um, and I counted about 50 students there. They're there right now, before our blessed Lord in the, in the Eucharist, praying at 8 o'clock on a Friday night on a college campus. Think about that for a second. And so the next time somebody tells you that young people don't believe, young people don't have faith, I'd like you to talk to one of my one of my students upstairs. Uh, it's a it was just a beautiful beautiful thing, and so I wanted to share that with you. If that gives you any sense of hope or faith, uh, I hope it does. It certainly gave me a boost, uh, and so they're there right now. They'll be there till probably for another twenty minutes or so, but it's just a beautiful beautiful thing. Uh, so again, thank you for being here. Uh, we were off last week. Uh, I had a lovely. Uh, time away. I saw some family members. I uh, spent some time again in prayer and reflection and, and just relaxing. And so um, on a personal note, uh, I got the notification this week that uh, I will be doing remote learning for uh, the beginning of my school year at St. John's Seminary. So I will start that uh, a week from Monday. Uh, I don't think it will interrupt this uh, Friday evening, Fridays with Francis, I don't think it will interrupt it at all. Um, but that's what I'm working on, and that's what I'm looking forward to now. So let us begin, and we're going to, so today we're talking about, we're finishing our series on prayer, and we're talking about the prayer of supplication. And so for the last four episodes, we did the ACTS acronym, A-C-T-S, Adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, and this week we're at supplication. And you may say, we don't use this word a lot in American English, this word supplication. It's very, uh, very rare that you hear someone use it in a conversation. So I thought I'd start tonight by giving you the definition. It's a pretty good definition, and it's got a lot of good meaning to it. A prayer of supplication is the act of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. The act of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. And so if you think about the other three prayers that we've talked about, this sort of is the last piece. You've praised God for who he is, adoration. You've asked him for forgiveness, and you've admitted your wrongdoing, contrition. You've thanked him for everything that you've received, and you've thanked him for creating you, thanksgiving. And now supplication. You're going to ask him earnestly, I would say, and humbly. You could say earnestly and or humbly for something that you need. And there are two forms of the prayer of supplication. The first is, you can ask 
for something for yourself. You're allowed. It's not selfish. You're allowed. Lord, I really need. Lord, I'm asking you, would you please? Lord, help me. You can do that. Second is you can engage in the prayer of supplication for others. And we call that intercessory prayer. I'm going to pray to God and I'm going to ask him for something for others. So for me, that's a big part of my life. With all of you who are watching and those of you who I meet out there uh, who say, could you please pray for me? I'm having surgery. Could you please pray for uh, you know, this relative, he or she passed away? That's a lot of what I do is intercessory prayer. Uh, I keep a list. I keep a list of people that I that I pray for. Uh, in the Catholic tradition, the mere act of offering a mass for someone is a prayer of is an intercessory prayer is a prayer of supplication. I'm going to offer this sacrifice of the mass for this person. This this perfect way to worship the Lord, this way that the Lord gave us to worship him. We're going to do that on behalf of someone. So the Mass is a prayer of supplication. The Mass is a prayer of adoration. The Mass is a prayer of contrition. The Mass is a prayer of thanksgiving. It's got it all in there. But tonight we're going to talk about supplication. Uh, Jesus tells us uh, it's a wonderful thing. There's no more powerful thing than to lay down your life for your friends. And, and I would say praying for your friends takes a close second to laying down your life for your friends, for putting the need, your needs ahead, sorry, putting someone else's needs ahead of your own, offering a prayer for someone else to the one who hears all of us and who answers all of us. And so, uh, as I have done with the last three episodes here, I'm going to dive right in. We're going to dive right in. Check the book. Uh, I hope uh, that over these last weeks, when you know that this is coming, that you have your Bible handy. Uh, I have a number of passages uh, tonight that I'd like to talk to you about. And I'm going to start, as I start basically every week, uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, in the first book of Samuel, which is towards the front of uh, our the, the the Old Testament, towards the front of the Bible. <coughs> Excuse me. And I want to talk to you tonight about a not a well-known figure in the Bible, and she only appears for a brief, brief two chapters in the first book of Samuel. And that person's name is Hannah. We hear about Hannah because Hannah was the mother of Samuel. Samuel was the great priest and great prophet of Israel. Uh, the, the man who first anointed Saul, the first king of Israel, and then anointed David, the great king of Israel. And we hear about Hannah, his mother, because the circumstances of Samuel's birth are pretty miraculous. They're pretty miraculous. 
uh, Hannah was married to a man who had, she was one of two wives, as was the custom at the time. And Hannah had no children. The other wife had many children. And this made Hannah despair. This made Hannah despair. And she was afraid that uh, her husband would leave her because she could not produce children. Um, Hannah and her husband and the other wife every year would go to the temple of the Lord where they would offer sacrifices and they would pray. And year after year they would go and year after year Hannah would offer a prayer of supplication. And she would pray to the Lord that she be given a child. The beautiful thing about this story is that her husband is very understanding here. Her husband, when he would see her weep, weep in prayer, asking for a son, asking for a child. He would say, why do you weep? Why is your heart sad? Am I not enough for you? It's a little egotistical, but it's a, it's a, it's a positive, right? People struggle to find the positives in the Old Testament. So I want to tell you, the first, so that we're in the first chapter of the book of Samuel here. Samuel went in, uh, sorry, Hannah went into the temple. She was, this is uh, chapter 1 of the first book of Samuel, verse 10. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give to your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. She vows a vow. She says, Lord, don't forget me. Look upon me. And if you do, and if you give me a son, he will be in your service. Now, that's a pretty drastic thing to vow. That's a pretty drastic thing to vow. And as it turns out, if you keep reading, Samuel is born. We know that Samuel was born. We know he existed. He's got two books of the Bible named after him, after all. Why do I bring up Hannah? Hannah, I bring up Hannah because of the first book of Samuel, chapter 2. Hannah prayed that prayer, and her prayer was answered as she asked it to be answered. And then Hannah gave thanks to God. Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord. There is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry 
have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven children. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones and the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. So I bring up Hannah because Hannah prayed for something and that prayer was answered. And what did Hannah do? She immediately, after that child was born, she thanked God. She adored God. It's all connected. It's all connected. We can't ask God for something and not thank him, confess our sins, adore him. Our prayer would not be complete. Our prayer would not be complete. So that's Hannah. I'm going to flip to sort of the other end of the Bible, to the first letter of St. James. Uh, and then after this, I'm going to go to the Gospels, and we'll end, we'll end with Jesus tonight. I'm going to go to the first letter of St. James, chapter 5. It's at the end of the letter. James, the apostle, the first leader of the Church of Jerusalem. So he was there for everything. He knows what happened with Jesus and his ministry and his life, death, and resurrection. And this is a letter that he writes to the faithful. Chapter, uh, letter of James, chapter 5, verse 13. And this is a very simple instruction from St. James. He says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. Pray. That's all James is saying. Pray and let your prayer be complete. Let it have adoration. Let it have contrition. Let it have thanksgiving. And let it have supplication. And we ask for things from God earnestly and humbly. Lord, I'm asking you for this not because I deserve it, but because I need it. God never gets tired of hearing our prayers. We're the ones who get tired of asking. We're the ones who get tired of asking. To end, check the book. We're going to flip to the Gospel of St. Matthew. We're going to start, we're going to do two passages from Matthew tonight. We're going to do chapter 18 of Matthew to start with. 
This is a very famous passage in Matthew, the words of Christ. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, ask, sorry, if any, <laughs> I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, the faithful, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's why we come together as a group to pray. Think of my students upstairs. They're all pray they're praying silently. I bet you a lot of them are praying for the same thing though. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. And he's not and Jesus isn't just there. He's there, he's listening, he's understanding, he's hearing. He's seeing, he's touching, he's there and he's hearing our prayers. Earnestly and humbly. And then our final here, Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. This is in the middle of the passion of Jesus when he's undergoing his final suffering before he is crucified. This is the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I end with this tonight because this, my friends, is the most perfect example. The most perfect example of a prayer of a prayer of supplication. It's Matthew chapter 26 verse 39. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, "My Father, if it be possible, let this chalice pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will." Jesus comes to the Garden of Gethsemane and the purpose for which he was born, the purpose for which God became man, is about to come to fruition. Jesus was born so that he might die. So that he might die for our sins. And here he is at the, at the very end saying, Dad, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this is going to happen. I'm not sure about this. I don't know if I want to do this. So if it's possible, don't make me do it. But not what I will, what you will. Lord. That's the perfect prayer of supplication. God, I'm, I'm praying about this. This is something I really need. I really want this person to get better. I really want this person to recover quickly. I really don't want this person to die.
but I trust that what will happen is according to your will. It's a little bit better than Yogi Berra. What will happen will happen. I'm going to put some faith on that. I'm going to put some faith on that. What will happen is the Lord's will. And so, Lord, I really want this to happen. I really want this thing. I really want this person to get better. But I trust you. I trust that whatever happens is according to your plan and is according to your will. That's the example there. That's the perfect prayer of supplication. The perfect prayer of supplication. So, how do we sum this up? I would say this. Our prayer, whether it falls into one of those these four categories that I've been talking about or not, our prayer will never be completely perfect because we are we will never be completely perfect. But I believe in my own exploration of prayer and in my own thoughts about it and the reading that I've done. I believe that what God wants for us when we pray is our best effort. And our best effort in prayer involves a couple of things, uh, just, just two things. Consistency and time. Consistency and time. Make prayer a habit. For me, prayer is a vital part of what I do every day. It's built into my schedule. And I realize that it's not built into everybody's schedule, but build it in. I'm going to pray at this time every day. I'm going to pray it this time every day. Consistency. Consistency is key. And time. This is a tougher one. Your time in prayer can fluctuate as you... Uh, yeah, we're going to say, as you get better at it. Meaning you get better at being more consistent. Not that you're, not that the quality gets better, because again, God just wants us to do our best. So I'm going to pray at a certain time every day, and to start off, I'm going to spend five minutes, and I'm just going to have a conversation. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to. I'm going to listen. Maybe I'm just going to sit. Maybe I'm just going to sit and I'm going to be. We don't do enough of that. I'm just going to be a child of God. 
and I'm going to listen. Maybe you're going to take up the rosary. Maybe you're going to pray with the Bible. Maybe you're going to pray the Liturgy of the Hours. Maybe you're going to pray uh, a novena. Maybe you're going to pray a chaplet. Whatever it is, be consistent with it and spend the time. I will tell you now that, speaking from my own personal experience and also from the hundreds of people that I've met who I've talked to about prayer, they will tell you it's the best time they spend every day. And it informs, it informs the rest of their day. And allows them to see things in a different light and in a new light. Consistency and time. That, that's, that's, the, that's hugely important in prayer. So start with five minutes. Then maybe it'll be 10. Then maybe it'll be 15. You never know. You never know. Maybe it's going to be, I'm going to do five minutes here. I'm going to break up the day. I'm going to do five minutes here. I'm going to do five minutes there. I'm going to do 20 minutes here. Whatever works for you. Again, what God is expecting is our best effort. And that looks different for everybody. So that's our prayer series. That's the prayer of supplication, the prayer of thanksgiving, the prayer of contrition, the prayer of adoration. A-C-T-S. Acts. It spells that acronym because now you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to act. It requires personal decision on your part. And it requires you to be invested in yourself and in your relationship with him. So do it. Be like Nike. Just do it. That's our topic. Again, I'm so grateful that you are here with me tonight. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I will see you next week where I, I'm not anticipating taking a break uh, for a little while. So we'll see you next week here, same time, same place. And until we meet again, know that I am praying for you. God is working on your behalf. Heaven is holding conversations about you. Angels have been assigned to you. Be at peace. God bless you.